It has been said that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's human connection. Here, we connect anonymously. This is Addicts in the Dark with Quick Nick. I just saw this commercial with a, a slogan I'm sure much of our Canadian audience is familiar with. Came at the end of a commercial for alcohol. Slogan, drink responsibly. A campaign, by the way, financed by major alcohol companies. And I was thinking, would anyone get behind a smoke responsibly or a shoot up heroin responsibly mentality? Probably not. I mean, in some ways, harm reduction policies promote that mentality. But my point is, for some reason, alcohol is the one drug that is so normalized. We're, we're just like, ah, yeah, get fucked up. Just just do it responsibly. Anyways, just thinking out loud here. It's caller uh, 2024 and their story about addiction. Addicts in the dark. Hello? Hi, how's it going? Not bad. Not bad. So you've got a maximum of an hour. Okay. No names, no area codes. All right, cool. Okay. Tell me your story about addiction. Okay, well, I was first um, exposed to drugs when I was smoked weed, of course, when I was like 12, 13-ish. Did acid when I was 13. And kind of like from there, I just kind of got an interest in mind-altering substances. And I grew up in Arizona. I uh, I didn't have much parental guidance or anything like that. I was living with friends and stuff, and my parents were just giving me money for food and all that. So I had freedom, and and I was just around people that got exposed to it early too. So I don't know. I did uh, cocaine and like ecstasy when I was like sixteen. Started smoking heroin for a little bit when I was seventeen, but that didn't go that didn't go very far because I don't know. I kind of saw the change that it was doing to me. And I didn't like it. I was being mean to friends and everything, you know. So, luckily, that was one uh, one thing that didn't really catch me. And I had a girlfriend at the time when I was 17, 18. We were both dropped out of high school and didn't really have guidance. So, that's what we did. We'd just party, just do ecstasy and cocaine. And, and like, for a while in my early 20s, I was pretty good about not doing any drugs or anything like that but then that girl and I broke up it was like a five-year relationship and like my high school girlfriend everything so it was traumatic and I tend to go to drugs for uh comfort I guess you know and you said you were living with friends yeah so what led to that yeah so um when I was like a freshman in high school um my mom she moved us to Florida I was like halfway through the year and like I just didn't want to be there. So I kind of like stopped going to school and uh, I don't know, I was just at home all the time. And then I just, I wanted to move back to Arizona. So I, some of my friends' parents were okay with it. And so I moved in with friends when I was 15 and uh, like bounced around from their houses and stuff around that time is when I started experimenting with like psychedelics and like Molly and stuff like that and did cocaine a couple times and then um 
So, like, I don't know, just because, like, I was living with other people, you know, like, they're not my parents. They didn't have that much of a, I don't know, they didn't have the same worry about me as they did as their own kids, you know. So I was kind of free to do what I wanted in a way. And they just didn't really, they didn't really discipline me in any way. That went on for, like, a year and a half, maybe. I think I was, like, 17. And my dad, he got an apartment in the town I was living in. But he's a semi-truck driver, so he was never in town. And I was just, you know, I was underage, so he was just sending me money for food. And, like, I would just do what I want with it, you know, and I was dropped out of high school. And I just had nobody around to point me in the right direction. So that was, like, when I was, like, 17 to, like, 18. That's kind of where my uh, affinity for drugs kind of developed i was uh i don't know like i told you i messed around with like heroin and stuff i did xanax quite a bit a lot of drinking cocaine did meth quite a bit for a little while and then so i kind of like calmed down for a while and i wasn't really bad in any addictions and then i don't know relationships go how they go but it was after she had left me like randomly just kind of like just dipped out one day and took one of the dogs and just was peaced out, you know, so and didn't hear from her for like a week or two. And yeah, so that kind of one kind of messed me up emotionally. So I kind of like started going back to doing drugs, you know, and, and I was living by myself. So, and like I had my own job and all that. So I was, I was able to afford it and it just kind of progressed from there slowly. And that was like when I was like 22 and from there, it kind of just slowly got worse. Like, I started going, like, I started messing around in the rave scene and everything like that. And so I was uh, doing drugs became a pretty, pretty common thing. And I don't know, I just had so much access to it. In the city I was in, I, I started doing it daily. You know, I'd have it when I was going to work. I'd come home and cocaine is the, the drug I'm talking about. That's been my main um my main problem or my longest problem. I, I definitely have problems with a couple other drugs as well. And with that said, you would consider yourself in active addiction right now? Yes. So like today I'm slowly working towards sobriety, like, cause my last year, like after COVID and during COVID, like be doing drugs at home became really normal for me because you can go out anywhere. So I got really bad when I was, I was doing it. I was doing cocaine, Adderall and ketamine every day for probably eight months, nine months, something like that. And so that, that's when it got really bad and it like kind of all led it to like a mental break. And I like went to the hospital and all this, all this stuff happened. But like now, I don't know, every day I kind of tell myself it's I, I, I don't want to be doing drugs, you know, it's like, it's not the life that I want to lead. And I don't want to continue like one that's it's so much money. And it's just like, I know the, uh, the bad effects that it's had on me. Like I, I'm, I don't know, I see like what it does to my mind and how it makes me act. But it's like, there's like another part in my brain that just like, kind of just can shut that off. And just like, Oh, you have some money. You have this guy's number. Like just, well, yeah, you can get high. You know, it's like that, that instant satisfaction. So like, like nowadays I, I try to go without it as much as I can. Um, but I relapse almost weekly on either cocaine, Adderall or Xanax. I had it 
bad Xanax problem for the last half of last year. And if you don't mind me asking, have you been using or were you using rather before this phone call? Um, I've been using the past few days. I've just, I've been using Adderall and Xanax and actually I did a little cocaine as well. And you know, on the surface, someone might imagine this to be partying, having a good time, having too much of a good time, but there's nothing fun about this. This is a battle with addiction. Doesn't, doesn't sound fun. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't find it fun or very appealing, like being up at fucking 2 a.m. in the morning, doing lines of cocaine by myself, literally doing nothing. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's pointless. It's like, it's not a party, but it's like, uh, there's just something in my mind. Like I, I can sit there and say, okay, no, no more, no more, no more. But it's just like, nope, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. It's like, there's like two parts of your brain are just like fighting, you know? I don't even know what sobriety feels like, you know, and I guess it's kind of a scary thing and it can be frustrating and hard, you know? So yeah, I, I I definitely see that, you know, it's, it's more uncomfortability with being sober and just dealing with life for what it is, you know, but I I don't think I've gone long enough without, without a substance, you know, to like fully withdraw and fully, like come like back to a baseline in my mind and just as as a person, you know, cause like, I, I think it was like a month or so ago. I, I did, I went like two weeks or so without doing anything, no drinking or anything. Just, I smoked, just smoking pot, but I don't know. It was just weird, I guess. Like I felt weird, you know, weird's a fair word. It's like when you're in active addiction, it's kind of like you just become like a spectator of your own life. So when you actually start living your life, yeah, it can be weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. It's either like some either uh, you get two different um, reactions when you're on drugs. It's either like it kind of numbs how you're feeling about something or it amplifies it, you know? And like, I feel like after a while, once you're once you've been doing it so long, it's usually just kind of a numbing part. We're kind of just like, oh, yeah, it's cool, you know, because you're getting that all your pleasure and excitement from the substance you're doing. And right now, would you say you have anybody in your support system? Um, not not completely. No, like my mom definitely is like cause she she she'll text me. She knows that I've had a really bad, she, like, she's actually listened to me when I told her, like, how bad my addiction has been, you know, like, um, and she checks on me, and she's there for me, but it's hard because she lives across the country, you know, so it's, uh, it's hard when you don't have someone right there always, but at the same time, it's not, it's also something that's, that needs to be learned to be dealt with through yourself as well, you know, and I moved to Washington to get closer to family, and um so i have some sisters up here they're older than me and everything and i quite a bit recently i've been thinking about just telling them but i like like my old roommate when i was still in arizona i literally i came to him a couple times and i was like yeah i'm a, I'm, I'm a fucking drug addict i was like i it's, i can't stop like it's it's a problem and i don't know a lot of people that are close to you it's not like i don't know it's like he didn't want to see me like that you know like he didn't want to see me as a like, I don't know, like it's, it's been, uh, kind of 
scary for that reason to tell people because like I've, I've told a few people like looking for help, you know, and it's kind of not received in the right way. So it kind of has pushed me away from from bringing it up to anybody, you know. And I also have that thought that's like I don't want to um, like burden somebody with my problem, you know. Get off the emotional roller coaster with Melissa Armstrong coaching. Go to strongarm.ca for more. So by the sounds of it, more often than not, when you use, you're using alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah. And as of now, like since I moved, I use alone quite a bit. I use when I get off work, um, sometimes at work, if I'm tired, you know, that's one reason I got so addicted to Adderall's because I was going to school and working full time. So I, it's just great, you know. I could get all my shit done and work, get my schoolwork done, walk my dog, do everything, still hang out with people. And so it's like it, you see the benefit, but then you like you get lost. Yeah, lost and isolated, which I'm I'm sure in your case might perpetuate the issue. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely I think so in a way because like when I don't know I. I like being around people, you know, uh, when I was living in Arizona, I was constantly at people's houses. Like I'd get off work, go home, just barely be there and go hang out with people and come home and go to bed, you know? And I was still getting high and everything, but like, I feel like, like when I'm alone, it's kind of something I go to cause it's, it makes being alone. I don't know. Comfortable. Yeah, yeah, it makes it comfortable, and it makes it it makes it feel okay. Yeah, it's like we use drugs to escape the world and escape people and escape feelings, but really, what we're searching for is to connect with the world and connect with people and connect with our feelings. And it sounds like that's that's what you want to do. Yeah, totally. Like like you said, it can be nice to. I don't know, just share your story and be able to get all this off your chest, you know, because like I told, like I was saying, you know, it's, I like, it feels like it's hard to go to somebody, but it's like with this, it's, it's easier. And, and it's somebody that, like that is actually interested in hearing from you, you know, it's, that is the most, one of the most important things. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm going to be judged by you and because it's not just, I just want to get high, you know, it's usually there's something more going on there, you know, and it's, it's important, you know, just to be looked at without judgment, you know, essentially. So like conversations like this can happen with people that are close to you and that can offer you support regularly. Sobriety can be scary. Humans often fear the unknown, and sobriety is unknown to a lot of addicts. Ironically, substance use is often motivated by fear itself. And the thought of being sober for a day, a month, a year, or forever can be frightening. But isn't the thought of being drunk or high for the rest of our lives even scarier? I'm Quick Nick. Thanks for listening. Addicts in the Dark is brought to you in part by Melissa Armstrong Coaching. 
Check out Melissa Armstrong at www.strongarm.ca. That's www.strongarm.ca.